0: So this morning as we go to the word, uh, in the month of September 2008, on 21st of September I had preached a word on the same topic, it won't be identical, will be kind of quite different but the same topic, so Pastor, uh, Pastor Sammy will give you the link on YouTube. He will put that sin, iniquity, transgression, and I would request all the new believers and all those who are there in the church, who were in there in 2008. Most of you were in there on September 21st, 2008, to go back and listen to this message today. Once again, that one message, the transcript is also there. If you click on details in that page, and... and. uh, uh, if you could listen and read at the same time, it will make it easier. Yes, one of my kids is saying, "Yes, last time you preached on the same subject, you were not well at all. Yes, I know <laughs> okay, so this morning before we go to the because you see, we have a lot of a uh, lot of people who have come through uh they come out of captivity of the enemy and and uh, this is a battle all your life. When Jesus says the road to life is very narrow, the gate is straight, very narrow, and very few will make it. I don't think he's saying very few will be saved. I think very few will finish the race. The race. Okay, very few will. And when I look at it that way, it is true. I see my own struggles after 35 years in the Lord. Practically, I see this. It's a battle every day. Every day, it is a battle. And uh, each day you wake up, the battle begins afresh. And therefore, we have to identify what are we basically battling and what are the weapons of our warfare. We have studied so much, but the God, our loving Father who saved us, also shows us how we battle this every day. So I want you to listen carefully and uh, you know. It's there on all format right now. We live, we are on three formats. We are on YouTube. We are on uh, Internet Radio. And we are on Facebook. And then by evening or so, we will be both on our webpage and also on podcast. Okay. And I always put my hope on the webpage and the podcast because that's where our large audience audience actually listen and Transcripts will be up whenever it is done. So this morning, before we go to the word, let us come to the Lord once again by faith and say, Lord, we need a touch from you, Lord. There are certain times, oh Lord, when your word comes, the enemy will try everything to see we do not listen, that we are distracted. All word is settled in the heavens, but all preaching is not the same. There are certain times, certain word that is given to your servants are crucial in the life of your children. And I pray today, Lord, all of us, wherever we are gathered, whichever nation we are gathered, plead the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over each person. I rebuke the powers of darkness. Every mind-blinding spirit I command you to loosen and leave in Jesus' name. Every spirit of distraction I command you to leave in Jesus' name. Whatever strong men operate in different nations and over different homes, I bind that strong men in the name of Jesus of Nazareth and I command them to live in Jesus' name. And I pray your people will experience a release in their inner man even now. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over their ears that they may hear. Let our hearing and our ears be sanctified by the blood. Open our ears, O Lord. Open our ears. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray the spirit of wisdom and revelation will rest upon us. That we will hear, we will understand, and we will surrender, and we will obey. And above all, the Holy Spirit will empower us even now, O Lord, to walk in that freedom that you bought for us with your precious blood. Thank you, Father. Thank you. We praise you, we worship you, we glorify you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. We turn first to the book of Exodus. And turn to chapter thirty four and verses five to seven. Exodus chapter thirty four verses five to seven. This is when the law is being given. Moses is being up on the mountain and uh, the law descends descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Could you just turn the monitor towards me? And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, and abounding in goodness and truth. Yeah. Keeping mercy for thousands. He begins with mercy. Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin by no means clearing the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. Remember when he comes down and he speaks to Moses and through Moses to the people this is one of the first statements he makes. Remember uh, this is one of the issues uh, with in ministry, and uh, in our regional languages, when we translate, often when I am in other places and when I have to preach in another language or somebody translate, you will see much of of this is uh, missed, and uh, what happens is, if we miss this. We will continue to struggle in our life. Continue to struggle in our life. And uh, in ministry, uh, pastors, evangelists deal with sin and leave it there. And do not realize there is much more to salvation than sin. Much more to salvation than sin. And we will see God mentioning three things over here. Keeping mercy for thousands. Forgiving iniquity and transgression, and sin, okay? And then he goes back to iniquity. By no means clearing the guilty. What does he visit up to four generations? Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. And people usually ask, and what happens after fourth one or the two, one or the other either deliverance or judgment because after the fourth generation things get set okay things get set so please listen carefully don't get distracted let's go to those famous words in the book of daniel's which defines the last days Daniel, 70 weeks. Daniel 9 and verse 24. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy one. Again, we have God talking about an incredible move of his God that will take place. He's talking about the 70 weeks of Daniel. And then he says in the middle of it. See, we get so obsessed with the 70 weeks. We forget what God is doing there. Okay. He will finish transgression. He will make an end of sins. And he will make reconciliation for iniquity. On the Day of Atonement, the the uh high priest did two things. Two male goats were taken. One was killed, and the blood was taken, and he entered into the holy of holies and sprinkled that blood seven times. Something else also was taken. There was the second goat. That was called that's from where we have the name scapegoat. That was the scapegoat. If you turn to Leviticus chapter 16, this is what he did with the second goat. 16 and verse 21. Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat, confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. Okay, So the high priest did two things. We know what he did in the Holy of Holies, but we always miss what he did outside. And this was important. This was where the iniquity, their transgression and their sin, all three were dealt. Okay, He laid his hands, confessed over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgression concerning all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. We need to realize Jesus was both. He was the lamb, Passover lamb, and he also was scapegoat. So we have seen three important scriptures, Exodus 34-7, Daniel nine twenty-four, and Leviticus sixteen twenty-one. And we see three things that are mentioned there. If you understand this, or if you could really, really grasp it and apply it, we will also understand what we all go through. Everybody goes through. Whole of mankind goes through. And even Christians struggle because we are aware as Christians of sin. But we do not pay attention to the other. Like in, if you look at, we know sin. Everybody knows in he, in Greek it is called hamartia, which means missing the mark. But sin in Hebrew is It is, I don't pronounce Hebrew at all. Pastor Vijay will pronounce it properly, but uh, I don't think even he he, he will have a Telugu Hebrew. (laughs) But it is Chata, if I am right, sin is called Chata. Iniquity is called awan, while transgression is Pesha. Okay, these are the three Hebrew words. Even if you don't know Hebrew and you don't understand the words, it is okay. We need to understand the concept in whichever language you are you are comfortable in. So first we will look at sin. Sin means primarily missing the mark. So you have to know what is the mark. The mark is God himself revealed to us in Jesus Christ. So Romans 3 and verse 23 and 5.12, 3.23, the Bible will say, For all have sinned and fallen short of that mark, the glory of God, that mark, Jesus Christ is where the glory of God is revealed to us. All have sinned and fallen short of that mark. God himself, Christ himself, that mark. In 5.12, Romans 5.12, Therefore, just as one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, okay? So when sin entered through Adam, Adam fell short of the mark, everybody fell short of that mark through Adam. That is how sin enters, okay? Sin, if it is not too deep rooted, it is not linked to iniquity. Okay, Sin can be an act where a known divine law is violated. Please understand that. Sin can be an act where a known divine, God's law is violated, broken. Or it can be an voluntary neglect to obey a rule or duty that is very clear in the law. Okay? We are not talking about secular law here. Okay, People get so upset about secular law. Sin is not dealing with secular law. Secular law has its own mechanism to handle all those things. So you don't worry about secular law. We are talking about God's laws. Okay. Secular law does not bring righteousness unless secular law is connected with God's law. Okay, So we are talking about God's law. So please understand that sin can be either you broke a law or you did not keep a law. It can be either an action or neglect. And please understand sin is much easier to tackle, deal with than iniquity. Once iniquity sets in, then we continue to sin. And the devil would like to trap people into iniquity than just sin. Devil knows you can escape sin easily. are talking about Christians. But he can get you trapped to iniquity, then he knows you will go in that pattern in that cycle. If you look at Exodus chapter 20 verse 4 and 5 where God is talking to Israel, the Ten Commandments You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Now, you need to understand why God despises idolatry. Idolatry. Now, we talk about idolatry in terms of idols, handmade idols alone. That's not what God is talking about alone. Anything that takes our worship. Our worship is our our what is first in our life, what we give our attention. And the devil has no issues. He reigns this world through substituted worship. Please understand how does he how does he control this world? He substitutes worship. He doesn't come as himself. He will substitute worship by making us worship something that is of ourself. So the greatest idolatry that takes place is worship of self. Okay, man also is a creator thing. Okay, so people worship something that is in their self. And that becomes iniquity. That becomes iniquity. And it is very, very, it can be an opinion. <laughs> can an opinion. And people worship their opinions. And you cross that opinion, even a religious opinion, Then, my gosh, no, they will walk out. They will get mad. They will get angry. That's where this God. is talking about denying yourself. When your self is touched, you will know what your idol is. We talk about the poor Hindus, but others, Muslims and Christians and Jews who talk about I'm not talking about Catholics, the Protestants who uh, speak against idols often have more idols inside. Okay, And what happens, that becomes iniquity. And in Psalm 66 and verse 18, this is what God says. If you regard, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. The Lord will not hear. So if I have an iniquity, an idol in my heart, if God does not hear and my prayer is answered, who is hearing? Who is hearing? Who is hearing? Okay, so we need to realize God is not here. And iniquity can be very, very, very subtle. Very, very, very subtle. And iniquity is the one that will ultimately take us down. It will empower sin to go us over and over and over and over. And over. So if you use the word sin, it is either we disobeyed, We broke something God said, or we did not do something which God said. So it can be either the sin of omission or the sin of commission. Transgression is to break or violate a law or an oath. Okay, we look at it in all this in detail. While iniquity is perversity, rebellion, and beyond. So let us look at sin first. Okay, we look at sin first. 1 John 3 4. 1 John 3 4. Who commits sin also commits lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. What is sin? It's the breaking of law. I will not keep any law. Don't tell me. I am above the law. Sin is lawlessness. 5 17. 1 John 5.17. Just giving you a few. All unrighteousness is sin. Okay? All unrighteousness is sin. We have righteousness and we have unrighteousness. All unrighteousness is sin. Psalm 78 and verse 32. This is talking about Israel in the wilderness. 78 and verse 32. In spite of this, they sinned and did not believe in his wondrous works. Unbelief is sin. Okay, so get to know what sin is. Lawlessness, unrighteousness, unbelief. James 4, 17. In, Yeah. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. We you know what it is, right? But you don't do it. That is the sin of omission. So that is also sin. So you have four things mentioned over there. What are these? Right, I'm just giving you a few because sin is there. Romans fourteen twenty three. Whatever is not of faith is also sin. Okay, so but basically we understand what sin is. Then there is what is called willful sin. That is when it becomes into a dangerous Hebrews ten and verse twenty six. If we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, that there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. What does it mean? What does it mean? I mean, don't get scared over it. What does it mean? I'm a father. I have a child. And the child did something, but the child did not know it was wrong. So what do I say? It's okay. Forgiven. it. I say, don't do it again. Next time the child do it, now it's not doing it out of ignorance. It is doing it out willfully. So what do I do? I take it and spank the child. Now what did it get? It got punishment. So if we sin willfully, what happens is, we do not have sacrifice, God will punish us. He will chastise us for that, willfully, okay, because he is a father. That doesn't mean you have lost your salvation, you don't want to perdition and all that. It will only happens if the chastisement leads, leads to you becoming a rebel. But he will punish you, because he is a father. If I as a father will not let Or Pastor Vijay, as a father will not let his child get away with willful disobedience. God as a father is also not going to let us get away with willful disobedience. Okay? So, understand what sin is and what willful sin is, willfully. And then you have Leviticus 4.2 and 4.13. Another sin which is mentioned over there. 4.2 and 4.13. Speak to the children of Israel saying, if a person sins unintentionally against any of the commandments of the Lord in anything which ought not to be done and does any of the meaning sins of ignorance, unintentionally, 4.13. Now, if the whole congregation of Israel sins unintentionally, okay, you didn't intend to do it. It was, you know, like we say in Hindi, accident me galti ho gaya. Hmm? Hmm? galti se mistake ho gaya. Okay? We did intend to do it, but it's a sin of ignorance. But it's still a sin. It's still a sin. So there are sins of ignorance also. Sins of commission, sins of omission, willful sin, and sins of ignorance. This is the basic categories in which sin falls in. Okay. Now let's go to transgression. By the way, there is another word also used in the Bible. And it's almost the same, transgression and trespass. So you have trespass offering, okay? You will see boards saying that trespassers will be prosecuted, meaning this is my boundary, don't cross over. So transgression, trespasses means the same thing. Transgress means to cross over, break a law. Trespass also means primarily the same thing. You go beyond the boundary set by God. So transgression is an act. Of passing over. Okay. Or breaking. Any law. Or rule of moral duty. You have transgressed it. You have violated it. Please remember. Transgression is more powerful. Than sin. And it's a step to more stronger bondage. Okay. Okay. If you look at Ephesians 2, 1, you will see what Jesus did. You he made alive. You were dead in trespasses or transgressions and sin. You were dressed. We were dead in trespasses and in sin. If you want to look at examples of transgression, we all know what transgression is. James chapter 2, 9 and 11. 9 and 2, 11. If you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Okay, You commit sin and you are convicted by the law as transgressors. Verse 11. For he said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. Okay, Isaiah 24 and verse 5. We know what transgression is. We look further and we'll see what's the difference between sin and transgression. The earth is also defiled under its inhabitants because they have transgressed the laws. They have broken the laws, changed the ordinances and broken the everlasting covenant. Okay, So we looked at sin, we looked at transgression. Let's look at iniquity. Iniquity is the most important thing we need to. Iniquity means basically perversity, moral evil. Sin, sin when it is repeated, becomes transgression. We become transgressors of the law. And if it is continues long enough, eventually it will become iniquity, which basically perverts the flesh. The flesh is that spiritual part of us. That came into being when we fell. Okay. So look at these two. We'll go this order as this being the Holy Spirit spirit, soul, body. This is where the flesh lies. Okay, flesh lies. Before we are born again, we were like this. Now we are born again. We have three compartments. This is also being lighted up. What happens is that we sin. We move into transgression, keep on sinning. And then what happens, our flesh, the spiritual part of us, gets bent. The flesh and the will comes together and we get bent in that direction. Get bent in that direction. Basically meaning, our spiritual DNA gets affected. If you want to talk about medically diseases transmitted from father to son, No, from parents to children like diabetes and all, yeah, it is transmitted. Spiritually, it gets transmitted. That bent comes in. Hebrew meaning of iniquity is perverted, which means to bend down, bow down, crooked. What is crooked cannot be? Made straight. Remember, that's what it means: iniquity. You become crooked. You become crooked. Let me explain to you this, so that we understand carefully. Sin and transgression are verbs. Meaning, it is action involved. Iniquity is a noun. Iniquity is a noun. It's not a verb. Iniquity is a noun. Iniquity is the bent condition of who we are. Who we are. Okay, who we are. Therefore, we sin and transgress. There are many iniquities. And depending upon your iniquity, you will be bent that way. So, iniquity is not a verb. It is a noun. It's a noun. While sin and transgression are verbs. Iniquity causes or leads to continually committing particular sins. Okay? Okay? Iniquity also is the perversion of truth, lies, error. It is also the perversion of intent, which affects our will. Iniquity lies below the surface. Sin and transgression can be usually easily identified, because it is above the surface, can be identified by action. But iniquity lies under it. Like fever can be easily identified, right? Cough can be easily identified. But the disease no. Disease no. What is causing the cough? What is causing the fever? You can only assume until you have the pathology report or the radiologist report, you have the report on okay, you have pneumonia. Okay, but fever is identifiable. Oh, your temperature is high. Oh, you're coughing. Can okay. now we cough like this, no? Okay, COVID has taught new, new action games. Okay, you see, sin and transgression is easily identifiable because it is above the surface. There is verb, there is action involved. Iniquity is below the surface. It is not easy unless God's Holy Spirit reveals it to us. Let's go to Ezekiel 28, verses 14 to 18, where it all began. It did not begin on earth. It began in heaven with the anointed cherub, whose name was Lucifer, who became Satan. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till Iniquity was found in you. Not action. Not action. Action hasn't come in yet. It's below the surface. It's below the surface. Only God can see it. All the other angels, they are not able to see it. They are not able to see the iniquity underneath. Because they don't have the same capacity as God to see iniquity. Only God saw it. It's below the surface. He's still walking around. Glory is walking up and down. Anointed cherub covering. But iniquity is already certain. Already set in below the surface and come further down. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within. And you sinned. And you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. Iniquity became an action. Came an action. And I destroyed you. Oh, covering cherub from the midst of the fiery stones. Then your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom. for this. You see what has happened? Iniquity has settled because of pride. And what happened? His beauty also has become perverse now. So you will see all around the world, the fallen world, even in the Christian world, men and women use beauty for perverseness. They use beauty to attract people and snare them, whether it is women or men. Outward looks, beauty. A car's engine may be really, really bad, but they will make it outwardly the best-looking vehicles and bikes. This is how perversion comes in. Everybody knows what matters is actually the heart, the heart of a person or the engine of a vehicle. But you can always trap people with beauty outside. Power has come. It is inside and nobody knows it. You look at a woman and says, wow, look at her. But you don't know what is inside. That's why the Bible is talking about a quiet and a meek spirit which is of incredible value because there is no iniquity there. There is no iniquity there. We look at the surface, we don't see what is inside. And it can be with people and things. And people who create those things themselves are bent. Bent that way. And that is how the world has become crooked, bent, because the devil made it that way. Because he went that way. You corrupted your wisdom. Somebody asked a question, how do you hold the truth in unrighteousness? How do you hold the truth? Outside it looks like he's a very true man. Remember the brothers of Joseph saying, we are all true men. We are all true men. But they are bent. These are guys who sold their own brother for gold and saying, we are true men. Bent bent. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities. Okay, so it's iniquity is not one thing. There are multitude of iniquities and by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst and it devoured you. And turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. Just seeing a picture of what God is talking about and we see where it originated. It is talking about Satan and uh, we have to understand this is the most important thing. Most important thing. It is underneath. It's below the surface. It is not easily identifiable. That's why people who Fall in love and get married, and after they start life together, they start disliking each other because they never saw the iniquity that was hidden under underneath. That is why pastors from the beginning are very smart and make a covenant for better or worse. The worst is iniquity. Hang in there God will deal with your iniquities because what happens is nobody saw no I mean, it is human nature, the bent, whopped, human. that's why I call it whopped, human nature. The fallen nature is bent in a particular way. Every man, when he's quoting a woman, shows his best side. Never shows the other side. And every woman, when she's quoting the man, shows her best side. Actually, you should show your iniquity first. A true person, see, Jesus had no iniquity. So inside, outside, everything, he was only one person. But that's not true about the rest of mankind. Rest of mankind. So there is this thing which is hidden. And the progression from sin to transgression to iniquity, actually that is what is given in James 1.15. That is what is actually given in James. Okay. When desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin when it is full grown brings forth When it comes to iniquity, if it's not handled, ultimately you will die. So there is progression, okay. Adam and Eve transgressed in the garden. They were sinless, perfect, no sin, no transgression, no iniquity. One law was given. One law was given. If you eat of this particular tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will die. That was the law. What did they do? They transgressed that law and sinned. Came short of God's glory. The glory left immediately and suddenly they were ashamed and afraid. Glory has gone. They have fallen short of the glory of God. They transgressed the law and became sinners. They became sinners. Iniquity happens outside. God was very fast. He moved in fast, made a sacrifice, covered them with coats of skin, and chucked them out of the garden. Out. This is not a place for sinners. It's not a place for sinners. Chuck them out. So what happens is, second generation is when you see the effect of sin and transgression. Two brothers are there, Cain and, Cain do you, which format do you use for showing the Bible over here? No, no, no. Is it Bible Gateway or something else? Oh, it's a, song. does it have the Jewish Orthodox Bible? Actually, you should, which also I'll tell you, you should read, read it parallelly because it gives you all the Hebrew words with the English along with it. It's called Jewish Orthodox Bible. Okay. It's really nice. It's really nice. Side by side, no? It gives you, see if you have it, okay. Let's go to Genesis. Not now. Um, right now, just check whether you have it there. Bible Gateway has it. Let's go to Genesis chapter 4, 5, and 6. Two brothers have come, offered their sacrifices. God accepted one. We know it very well. He did not accept the other one. He did not respect Cain and his offering. Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So God said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has countenance fallen? Your countenance fallen. Yeah. If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. He's warning him. He's warning him. He said, be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Sin is waiting there. It will grab you. You will transgress and you will become a sinner. We know what he does. He doesn't listen. He goes and he... Let's look at verse 8 and 9, what he does. Sin to transgression. Cain talked with Abel, his brother. It came to pass. When they were in the field, Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Yeah. Now he's a murderer. The Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? I do not know, he's saying. You know, he committed murder. Now iniquity is setting in. Iniquity is setting. Stubbornness has come in. He says, I don't know. I'm not my brother's keeper. And if you go to 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity. Where is your brother? Where is your brother? You know you meet stubborn people. You meet start of stubborn children. And you look at. Where did this come from? Maybe you skipped one generation. Maybe you were not stubborn. Maybe your father was. Maybe your grandfather was. Where did this come from? A, you ask your mother, what was I like this? She said, no, but your father was a very stubborn person. Stubbornness is iniquity. And that's what you see with Abel, sorry, with Cain. He killed his brother, transgressed the law, is a murderer now. Okay? And God asks him, Where is your brother? Still trying to restore him before it moves into the other realm. And he says, Ah, my brothers keep us I don't know. Stubbornness is iniquity. It is idolatry. It's like idolatry. I am the idol. I'm not I am not accountable to anybody. I'm not responsible for anybody. You know people like that? I am my own. No? What is that famous saying? I did it my way. I did it my way. And the world, like no, defies those kind of people. I made my own life. I am a self-made man. Stubbornness—it's a form of idolatry. Now go back to Genesis chapter four and see the judgment of God, ten and twelve. Did you find the Orthodox Bible? Was it there? Okay, just show that one verse is all I need. That will be the verse uh, 13. Okay, if I am right. Yeah, 413. Okay, 413. He said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So you are cursed from the earth. In the Garden of Eden, he did not curse man. He only cursed the earth. Now he says, you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Verse 13, when you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Actually, it's a mistranslation. If you look in the actual Hebrew, yeah, do you have it? By the, the Hebrew word is, my iniquity is greater than I can bear. Iniquity has said, iniquity cannot, you cannot, you cannot handle iniquity. Now you are bent that way. You are bent that way. And that is what he cannot bear. He suddenly realized his in, whole internal thing has warped now. He goes that way. Okay, it's okay. If he cannot, if he cannot get it, it's fine. He says, my, in," you got it? Oh, you are going it on YouTube. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, my iniquity. Okay, yeah, Bible gateway. Okay. Okay, let me put my telescope and read it. Okay. And Cain said to Hashem, my awon, that is iniquity, punishment for guilt, is greater than I can bear. My iniquity is greater than I can bear. And people struggle under the burden of iniquity. Because many people, this sin. And they repent and they cry out to God. They sin and they repent and cry out to God and say, Lord, what is happening? I just can't handle it. I just want to give up. I just want to give up. You know what's happening? It's iniquity. It is iniquity. And verse 16. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. What will ultimately iniquity cause you to do? You walk away. You walk away from God further and further and further and further because now you are a prisoner. You are in the bondage of whatever particular sin or sins that iniquity empowers. Iniquity is what we need to handle. Sin, transgression, iniquity. All three have to be handled, but iniquity is the most difficult one. Identified because it is below the surface. So sin is, the service may be a little long today. So please, people who are listening, hang in there. It's worth your life, literally. Sin is like having cords around the ankles. Keeps tripping you. Causing you to miss the mark. While iniquity defiles your character. It bends you in a particular way. Okay? Proverbs 5 and verse 22. His own iniquities shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with cords of his sins. His own iniquities shall take hold of the wicked. It will bind him. He is in bondage to his own iniquities. James chapter 3 and verse 6. The tongue is a fire. It is a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members. What does iniquity do? It defiles the whole body. And it's set on fire. The course of nature, it is set on fire by hell itself. That's why this entire stretch in the Bible about the tongue. If you want to ask, which is that? Primary weapon of iniquity in my life, it's your tongue. And God says, handle your tongue. That's why when the Holy Spirit comes on the church, it comes as cloven tongues. While the Holy Spirit comes on Jesus, it comes as a dove because there's no iniquity in him. He's got a perfect tongue. No iniquity on him at all. So he doesn't need cloven fire. He just needs the peace of the Holy Spirit. It defiles the whole body. So please understand, iniquity is different from sin. It can manifest in different ways. Iniquity can be different ways. We'll just look at a few examples of iniquity so we understand. Because it can be different for different person. You can have a multitude of iniquities. But more than that, the Holy Spirit has to diagnose personally and show it to us. Ezekiel 33 and verse 13. 33 and verse 13. Ezekiel 33 verse 13. When I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, he trusts in his own righteousness and commits iniquity. None of his righteousness, righteous work shall be remembered. Because of the iniquity he has committed, he shall die. So what is the iniquity there? The iniquity is self-righteousness. He keeps on sinning because he thinks his self-righteousness will take him through. Self-righteousness is iniquity. Do you know why Brahmins in the Hindu community, Muslims, the law-abiding ones, and the uh, Orthodox Jews and uh, Catholics struggle to surrender to Jesus alone? Because it's the iniquity of self-righteousness. You've got lots of good works. And it is the stumbling block. That iniquity has blocked them from accepting the free gift of righteousness from God. People don't realize self-righteousness itself is iniquity. Psalm 28 and verse 3. KJV would be nice and KJV doesn't put it across very clearly. It's a very old uh, English word means something else today. Draw me not away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity. which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their hearts. So what is the iniquity? The iniquity is mischief. Now we talk about mischievous boys and all. But that's not the original old English, this thing. This is a man who is plotting evil in his heart, but speaks very nicely. Speaks very nicely. Ah, how are you, Dr. Richard? Things are all good. How are things all happening? Uh, which hospital are you working these days? Oh, you're working in global. Oh, which department? I'm talking nicely, but my whole idea is to put my son in his place. I got some other candidate for that job. So I'm checking out where he is working. You getting the picture? Out, he speaks peace to their neighbors, but in his heart there is mischief. A lot of people don't really. Across the wall, they will talk nicely. How I said, What happened? Yesterday I heard some noise in your sound. Everything okay? Yesterday my husband was drunk. Oh, I'm so sorry. Next minute, go there, take your phone, call everybody. Do you know what happened in that other house? Ah, Her husband is alcoholic. He came and broke every dish in the house. He beat her black and blue. You know what? There is mischief in your heart. It's iniquity. It's iniquity. That's why we need to understand and after some time if you are a Christian you will feel I shouldn't have said it. Next day you will do the same thing. It's iniquity. Iniquity. And so unless the Holy Spirit shows we will not deal because it is not on the surface, it is beneath. It is beneath. Hosea chapter 9 and verse 9. Hosea yeah, for my Telugu brothers. They are deeply corrupted, as in the days of Gibeah, He will remember their iniquity, He will punish their sins. So what is the iniquity? It's corruption. <laughs> they are corrupt inside, so they will always take bribes. Even if nobody offers, they will say, hai." Are you getting the picture? They're corrupt inside. They're corrupt inside. So what happens, irrespective of who is coming over there, good man, bad man, whether it's a just or an unjust cause, they are corrupt inside. That is an iniquity. That is an iniquity. He's not looking, oh poor man, oh his case is, he's really innocent, he needs to help, okay I will help you, okay, okay, but give me something. Give me something. Okay. Corruption is the iniquity inside. Bend that way. He will remember their iniquity and he will punish their sins. Iniquity is causing them. So you will see convent offices are filled with people who are corrupt, set in their ways. And they go up and up and up and they still cannot stop. Only the amount has increased. They cannot stop. And they will justify their iniquity, of course. First Samuel 3.13 I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made them vile, and he did not restrain them. So what was their iniquity? They were vile. They were filthy. Who? The sons of Eli. He called them sons of Belial. Filthy fellows. Filthy fellows. They were vile. Every woman who comes there, if they can, in the temple, they will sleep with them. Okay, And they are all coming to the temple to Shiloh to offer sacrifices. They will come. And these guys are there. Any offering, first they will come with the fox and take. What is meant for the Lord, they will take it. That's mine. Why? Because they are vile inside. They are vile. That's their iniquity. Okay, The father should have restrained them in the beginning. When it was sin transgression level. He never did. He said spoke gently. And they have become vile. And he says, I will destroy them. Because they are vile. And there are a lot of people that they are wild, they are filthy. Filthy inside. They are filthy. You know? Meaning, if you are put in terms of sex, they will have sex with anybody, anything. you say, how can anybody? Because they are wild. That is their iniquity. The iniquity is wild. Nasty. Another word for wild is nasty. Unclean. 1st Samuel 15, 23. We saw that. Right? Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Okay? Transgression to rebellion. Now stubborn. Stubbornness. It is iniquity. You become stubborn. Okay? Stubbornness comes when you are immovable in the wrong way. Not the right way. Okay? So please... Understand these differences. Points to be noted. Sins can be of commission or omission. Voluntary, willful or of ignorance. Any transgression is sin. One can be a sinner or a transgression which is action. Iniquity is noun. It is not a verb. So there is no wo- word like you are, he is the iniquiter. You are a sinner, you are a transgressor. Does not say you are an iniquitor. Iniquity is deep inside. Isaiah 1 and verse 28. The destruction of transgressors and of sinners shall be together and those who forsake the Lord shall be consumed. Okay? Let's not talk about iniquity, because iniquity is bidden. You can only judge a person by his actions. But what is empowering it is iniquity. Now let me explain to you a little more elaborately. Let's go to our famous text, First Thessalonians 5.23. The God of peace shall sanctify. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. What is that? Spirit. Soul and body. And we preserve blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit, soul and body. Sin is primarily in the mind. The soul. Okay? Soul. Body, soul, spirit, holy spirit. Sin is primarily in the soul. In the mind. Transgression is in the body. Primarily in the body. Iniquity is in the spirit. That is why the Bible talks about cleansing yourself of every filthiness in the spirit and in the flesh. Okay. So please understand. Primarily transgression is in the body. Okay. In the body. Okay. While sin is in the soul. You, You sin with your mind first. You think it out first. Okay? And then when you act, the sin is revealed. You have transgressed. Okay? In the transgression, what is revealed is the sin. Right? A man can think and think and think adultery, but his adultery is revealed only when he commits adultery. Right? He's thinking adultery. He's thinking adultery. The sin is in the mind, in the soul. But when he crosses into action, it becomes transgression. And in Hebrews 4.12, God again brings this idea out. The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged thoughts, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Okay, It's the Holy Spirit alone through the word of God, which can divide the soul and the spirit, which will tell you, which will tell you. Our actions can be governed by written laws and statutes. But our attitude, that is our spiritual attitudes, cannot be governed by any. You know, government cannot legislate what is deep inside you. No, no government can legislate that. Because nobody can. It's not possible to legislate what is inside you. That's why sin and transgression are what we would say is tangible or visible. Well, iniquity is intangible. It's invisible. That's why if you actually look into the old covenant, You don't see there any offerings for iniquity. No offerings for iniquity. Except confessing the iniquity and put it on the safe scapegoat. You don't have offerings for sins. You have offerings for sins. You have offerings for transgressions. But as far as I can remember, there is no offering for iniquity. Because it is intangible, invisible. Let's explain it a little further so we understand and we understand our own personal struggles. Isaiah 57 and verse 17. Isaiah 57 and verse 17. For the iniquity of his covetousness, I was angry and struck him. I hid and was angry. And he went on backsliding in the way of his heart. So what was his iniquity? His covetousness. What was his sin? And his transgression. It was stealing. But does anybody see the covetousness? No. It is no. You only see the stealing. Remember Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus dealt with both. He realized, you know what? I can say, all I have sinned, I will give four times over. But I will go back tomorrow. Two days, three days later, after Jesus is gone, I will revert back to let me handle with what is deep within. I know who I am. I am a covetous man. I covet other people's things. So I need to deal with covetousness. One cut, he divides his entire property into two and he says, I will sell my property and give it to the poor. Okay. Jesus tried to tackle the same covetousness with a good, nice, young, rich man. Everything else was fine. But he had one big stumbling block. He was a covetous man. He said, sell all that you have and follow me. And he turned around and he walked away sadly. Couldn't handle it. Just not sin. It's not sin. It was iniquity that held him back. Okay? So please remember, the invisible part of it that empowers sin and transgression is what we actually struggle. And person to person it differs. There can be more than one, can be multitude of iniquities, but those things have to be dealt with and then suddenly we realize we are free from that sin. It's not a besetting sin anymore. It's gone. That's when it becomes a besetting sin. Because it's being empowered by something else. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5 as an example. 27-28. Jesus speaking. You have heard it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, what whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So what is a sin? And what is The transgression, it is adultery. But what is the iniquity? It is lust. Can anybody see lust? People say, Lord, I will never commit adultery. Lord, I will never commit adultery. Lord, I will never commit adultery. And yet, you are always thinking about somebody else's wife or somebody else's husband. But what is empowering adultery? It is lust. If you deal with lust, both fornication and adultery is gone. You deal with that it 's gone, and what is empowering it is lust, okay it is lust, and we have to see that murder also we'll talk about anger, unforgiveness or bitterness, hatred, all these things are can become iniquity, jealousy right Saul doing all crazy things against against David, and nobody is able to figure out what's wrong with him <laughs> what's wrong with him. Deep inside, he will never say I'm jealous of this boy. It's a shameful thing. You are king and this is a young boy who joined the army and I'm jealous of him. It's very shameful. And nobody is able to figure out what is causing him to do all these things. So there may be something David has done which displeased the king. Maybe something David did. Nobody is able to figure out what it is. But because scripture is there and the Holy Spirit Spirit inspired the people who wrote it, we know what was hidden behind was jealousy. If he had just dealt with jealousy, he would have been free from all. From anger, from murder, from hatred, from bitterness and his life also. He would have been saved. But he didn't deal with that. Then other things started, came in. One fellow, another wicked ones came in. So please remember, iniquity is deep within the spirit or the heart, as we call it. Ezekiel 14.4 and Psalm 41.6. 14.4 Therefore speak to them and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, every one of the house of Israel who sets up idols in his heart. Where does he set it up? In his heart. And puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity. Remember? Stubbornness is iniquity like idolatry. So you have an idol in your heart. That idol in your heart is what causes you to stumble into iniquity. And one of the greatest idols in your heart for senior believers is self-righteousness. I've always come out of it. Always come out of it. I know how to handle sin. I can give you an entire lecture on how to handle sin. I can come out of it. Actually, it becomes self-righteousness. You put it over there. It can be anything. It can idle in your heart, which causes you to stumble in your iniquity. Meaning, what happens? There is something deep within. and You will not allow anybody to touch it. Anybody to touch it. You will not talk about it, and anybody touches it, you get mad. That is the idol which causes you to stumble into iniquity. That's your idol. You have to move. Each one has to be very, very careful. God has to deal with these things. Psalm forty one verse six. If he comes to see me, he speaks lies. His heart gathers iniquity to itself. When he goes out, he tells it. Okay. His heart gathers iniquity. What is it? What is he talking about? God is saying, when somebody comes to me, he prays. But he has never dealt with the deep issues of the heart. He prays so nicely, and then he gathers all those lies into his heart, meaning I did not hear his prayers. He has gathered what he has prayed as if I have repeated back to him into his heart. That is if the Pharisee pray, Lord, I am not like that man. You know how I am. I tithe regularly. I fast three times a week. And I pray, you know, for I give offerings to the poor and to the widow. And he gathers it all. And that is his iniquity. And he walks from the place without realizing he's is not even justified. Justified. While the other man is breaking down every idol in his heart. No, that's what God is talking about his, his heart is gathering iniquity to itself and when he goes out he tells it I had a fantastic worship service. Your worship was so good today I enjoyed the message I took down the points also just gathered it to himself it only strengthened his iniquity Okay, that is how the word of God becomes ineffective to people because his iniquity is in their heart It is not helping them to move from faith to faith and grow in righteousness. It is actually feeding their self-righteousness. Yeah, I am exactly like that. I am a very kind man. That's true. But he is not like that. Ah, that is true. I am very generous. Of course, that point applies to me. I am very patient. You know what is happening? The word of God is now feeding into his self-righteousness. And when he goes out, he spreads it. That's it it walks like that. I don't need to change. I don't have to change. I don't need to These guys all need to change. I don't need to change. And we suddenly realize what is happening to us because there is iniquity in us. Psalm 32 and verse 2. two two. Blessed is the man to whom the law does not impute iniquity. In whose spirit there is no? You see, there's no guile in his spirit. If there is no guile in your spirit, then there is no iniquity in your spirit. That's what look, Jesus can say. He says, There's a true Israelite. Not that he's not a sinner or a transgressor. That's not what he's not saying. He's a sinner. He's a transgressor. But you know what? There's no iniquity in him. No iniquity in him at all. That's why when he says, I saw you under the fig tree, he says, My Lord, my God. Immediately, why? No iniquity, no pride, no stumbling block, nothing in his heart. Immediately accept Jesus as the Messiah, Nathaniel. No guile. He speaks openly because there is no idol, nothing in his heart. Oh, what good can come out of Nazareth? Nothing. Speaks openly. Nothing in his heart hidden. No double meaning, nothing. No hidden motive, nothing. In whose spirit there is no? No guile, no deceit. Blessed is a man in whom God does not impute iniquity. Nathaniel was a blessed man. You see, him in John chapter one, blessed man he was. Okay, so let's go further. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse seven. For the mystery of iniquity, not lawlessness. Lawlessness would become sin or transgression is already at work. Mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out. You know what's happening around the world? It's a mystery. And nobody knows. It's not law it's not an issue with uh, sin or transgression. It's an issue with iniquity. And it's a mystery. And nobody knows what is happening around the world. Because it's Hidden from everybody. It is not visible to man's eyes except God's. What is happening? The mystery of iniquity is working deep inside. It's like the leaven in the... You took little yeast and you put it into this thing and nobody sees. Until you come in the morning. come In the morning, if the dish is supposedly small, the whole thing would have spilled all over the floor. It is just rising and rising and rising and rising and rising. The mystery of iniquity is working. It is not out. You look at all these people around the world. They all look outwardly nice. You don't see them as sinners or transgressors. But the leaven of iniquity is working in everybody's heart. Only God sees. Nobody else is able to see. Only God sees. Genesis chapter 15 verse 16. And What does God see? Yeah, can have KJV itself. But in the fourth generation they shall return here. For the iniquity of Amorites is not yet complete. So the question is, when will the Antichrist come? When iniquity is complete. Only God sees. They will be ready. Every man of every kind, culture, religion, race, color will be willing to and ready to receive him. Because the mystery of iniquity is working. It is being filled. There are two mysteries. One is a mystery that is happening on earth. There is another mystery happening in heaven. The prayers of people are also being filled and of the saints are also filling up there. We don't know when it will fill. Only God knows. Here, iniquity is also filling up, filling up, filling up, filling up. Nobody knows. Do you think because of lockdown and there is no traffic on the road, all people are law-abiding? Everybody's in there. It's a house. We don't hear crime reports. Our poor crime reporters have no work to do. Hmm? Does that mean there is people are all become good? No. Iniquity is rising and rising and rising and rising and rising. So please remember iniquity can be personal, family, people, congregation, nation. Leviticus 10.17 Therefore have you not eaten the sin offering in the holy place, seeing it is the most holy, God has given it to you to bear the iniquity of the... So the entire congregation can be controlled by one iniquity. And GDC has to be very careful because all the word we preach, we shouldn't think we are better than others. Very careful, it can get you into it. Get into it. That can be iniquity that sets into a congregation because of knowledge. In the knowledge of God makes you humble. The knowledge about God makes you proud. Iniquity of a congregation. 1621, we saw that. He shall lay both his hands on the head of the live God, confess over it all the iniquities of who? The children of Israel, entire nation's iniquity. Congregation, entire nation, Isaiah 1, four. Alas, a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, whole nation, laden with iniquity. Ezekiel sixteen forty-nine. We know that verse. Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. What was that? She and her daughter had, right, fullness of bread. Abundance of idleness that is what meant into perversity and homosexuality and sodomy, all that was the sin that was what people saw. God saw what was causing it deep within. what is that? She had pride, meaning you could you could blind an entire city she still will not humble herself and repent. There was the last chance. I mean, imagine the angels blind you, young and old, everybody over there, you're groping in your blindness, you should be falling on your knees, like they never repented, right, without any of those things. Yet, Sodom and thing were still groping for the door in their blindness. Why? Pride has become the stumbling block. That was the iniquity. All was left was God had to destroy them. Nothing else was left. So, Allow God to deal with these things. Allow God to judge these things. Judge means, basically, one of the meanings of judgment is is also to reveal. Everybody is waiting for the judges, this thing. no. So, when the judge reads out his sentence, it's a revelation of what the other person is. Right? Exackel 18 and verse 30. Therefore, I will judge you, o house of Israel. Everyone, according to his way, says the Lord. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, so that iniquity will not be your ruin. Okay, Iniquity will not be your ruin. So allow God to judge us. You should not ever stop telling us, telling God, Lord, show me. Show me, Lord, so that I can repent of it. Get rid of it. Show me, Lord, what is deep inside, only you know. You are the only one who knows what is hidden over there. When I may know, it has to take the living word of God that will cut between the soul and the spirit and will show what is empowering it. Okay? That's what um Second Corinthians 7 1 is basically talking about. Yeah. Therefore, having these promises, beloved. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the spirit. Flesh and spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So there is filthiness in the spirit. Which we will never know unless God shows it. Can get it. Like he is walking on the fiery mountain. On the fiery stones. The anointed cherub. And there is iniquity in him. And none of the angels know. None of the angels know. Only God saw. But God waited. He's patient with everybody. Until it was manifested. Once it was manifested, he threw him out. Cast him down. Okay. Iniquity can be there inside and never be manifested until the right conditions are met. Okay. It does not become sin and transgression. Simply the, what is that? Vridhargari. But somebody texts me from another country, from Bhutan, they text me, Uncle, what does Vridha Nari Pativrata mean? So, they were listening there. I said, this is what it means. Even the old woman is chased because she is old. Because she is old, that's all. Okay? That's what, iniquity is there. No sin to be seen, no transgression to be, is visible. But iniquity is there. What will destroy you? Iniquity. What does it need for sin and transgression to take place? Only thing to take place is? The conditions. the conditions has to be met. Right conditions has to be met. Right? So, just because you have been delivered from Sodom and Gomorrah and Sodom and Gomorrah's actions all has been destroyed, does, not, does it mean iniquity has escaped? No. No, it's hidden in the Lord's Daughters. Just is because God destroyed the entire world and saved eight people out in an ark. That doesn't mean iniquity has escaped. No. It is hidden in him. Right condition it manifested. Suddenly it manifested. So we need to realize in us all. That is why God says pray that prayer. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from all. Because you don't know what you have inside. I know. You don't know. What you have inside, I know. So we have transgression, sin, and iniquity. Iniquity is primarily in the hidden, in the spiritual part. Iniquity cannot be just covered. It has to be identified, taken out, and replaced. Roman, the old testament. Sin could be covered. Transgression could be covered. Basically, it was all covered. Iniquity cannot be covered. It has to be identified, taken out, and replaced with something else. That is the entire spiritual battle we are fighting. In Psalm 51, verse 5. Behold, I was Brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. There is iniquity there. It was brought forth in iniquity. And in sin my mother conceived me. Solution? 51.10. This is the solution. Solution is this. Create in me a clean heart, and renew a steadfast spirit in me, Lord. You have to absolutely take it out, clean it out. And I need a steadfast spirit. Okay. So we saw Leviticus 16, 20-22, what the high priest had to do with both atonement and with the scapegoat. For sin's transgressions and for iniquity. Please remember, Jesus was not only the Passover lamb, he was also the scapegoat. Scapegoat. Let's turn to now the crucial part, the solution. So far we identified the problem. Now we go to the solution. Isaiah 53 and verse 5. Go to the book of Isaiah. 53 and verse 5. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Verses 10 to 12. It, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. and The pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By the knowledge, by his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great. He shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul unto death, he was numbered with the transgressors. He bore the sin of many. And made intercession for the transgressions. Did you see? His atonement was complete. He took our sin, our transgressions, and our iniquities. He dealt with all three. Now let's go back to verse 5. He was wounded for our transgression. Right? What is transgression? It's the breaking of the law. Right? Breaking of the law. Meaning it is visible. It is visible. Sin is visible. Transgression is visible. He was wounded for our transgression. But you but you know that if you hit somebody, especially if your skin is fair, white, you hit them hard, it leaves a bruise, but doesn't cut the skin. He was bruised for our iniquities, because iniquity is underneath, it's not above. He was wounded for our sins and transgression because it is outside, it is visible. But he was bruised for our iniquity, because iniquity is deep within. Bruce is not a break in the skin. In fact, it is beneath the skin. Therefore, it fits in with iniquity. This was the goal of atonement. You have to deal with sin and transgression and has to deal with iniquity. Complete salvation. Chastisement is not scolding alone. Today chastisement, he chastised me, but old English it also means whipping. Scourge. Okay. The chastisement of our peace, our soul, peace with God was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. In that stripes, if you're looking at the whip stripes, okay, you take a person, bend him over, and whip him. That whiplash is a scourging. It cuts, it leaves the bruise also. You're getting it? By that, we are healed spirit, soul, and body. Iniquity, sin, and transgression are dealt with by Him. Okay. We don't understand what the price on the cross was, what He had to go through spiritually forever. Okay. This was mankind's problem. Jesus was God's solution. Remember? Daniel 9.24. They saw it. Right? 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish transgression, to make an end of sins, to make make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in what? Everlasting righteousness. So the work of Christ still continues. Still continues. It's still continuing. We are still appropriating what happened to him 2000 years ago. We're still believing in it. and still walking in it. And that's what Thessalonians 5.23 says. What is that? The God of peace will sanctify you Completely. What is that? Spirit, soul, and body. Preserved, blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, Prophetically, the old covenant people also understood this. They didn't understand the practical application, but they understood. Turn to Psalm 51 and verse 1 to 4. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness according to the magnitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. This guy knew what he was talking about. In two lines he dealt with all three. My sin, my transgression, my iniquity. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. I acknowledge my transgression, what he did, my sin is always before me. Okay, but wash me from my iniquity that is empowering me to do this. Okay, verse 4. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. He says, I have. Doesn't matter what people say. I know your judgment is thorough. You see my transgression, you see my sin, you see my iniquity. You are absolutely. And the entire Psalm 51 is a revelation of Isaiah 53. One man personally identifies the atonement and what happened to him. So we will continue further with this solution because we need a solution. Okay, We cannot have the solution without a problem. So we know Exodus 12. And we don't have to go there, but we remember when Israel had to come out from the bondage of sin and the slavery of Pharaoh. Basically what it means to come out of it. So. Nine plagues, God was showing mercy to Egypt to let his people go, but no, no mercy, hardening. So the twelfth plague is the death, sorry, tenth plague is the death of the firstborn. But to escape that, all of them had to do that, pick the Passover lamp on the fourth day, and uh, keep it for ten days, right? Ten days. No, tenth day, and keep it for four days. Spotless. Kill the Passover lamp. Take, collect all the blood. Use hyssop and put it on the doorpost of the house and stay inside. Then the angel of death passes over and you are safe. Okay? That is the first part. That is part one. That is part one. Okay? Now if you look at ways in which we go through this. Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 2. Okay? All this you have to do by faith. The blood of Jesus over your doorpost. Then those of Israelite lineage separated themselves from all foreigners and they stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. There is a confession that is important. We have to confess. We have to confess. Hebrews one. Holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of Our confession, Christ Jesus. Okay? Hebrews 7, 25. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So, that is the work of Jesus Christ, what he has done. We appropriate it by faith, apply it into our lives, our homes, our businesses, whatever God has committed into our hands. We do it. And we confess. As God shows, we keep confessing our sins, our transgression, and the iniquities. We confess. Okay? We confess. And who are we looking at? Our eyes are on the high priest of our confession. What does he do? He is forever making intercession for us. This is a work continuously that is going on, taking place. Psalm 107 and verse 2. Why is this important? This is not thought. This has to be spoken. Psalm 107 and verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. The redeemed has to speak. Confession is a very important part of your faith. You have to confess. You have to practice. You have to confess. You have to repent, forsake, and confess. You have to confess. Okay. This part of it is something which I learned long time ago over and over again from Derek Prince, one of the best teachers when it comes to deliverance. Okay, very clearly cut, he will teach you how our confession matters for our deliverance from besetting sins, transgression or deep rooted iniquity, which we do not even know, which the word of God will divide and show us and you will realize, okay, this is mine. This is, this is mine. This is my iniquity. And you confess it. Okay? Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. It has to be confessed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. In him we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of his sins. Remember, only in him. Only in him. So what does confession, repentance, renouncing and confession cost you? It causes you to stay in him, and you are confessing to the high priest of our confession that him and to the devil, in Christ, I have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of my sins. And the redeemed of the Lord has to say that it is literally like what they did, taking the hyssop and plastering their door with blood. What are they doing? They are doing a physical thing. What are we doing? We are doing a spiritual thing. We are doing a spiritual thing. And how do you confess? Ephesians One, seven. It is written. And we are confessing what is written. In him, I have. You don't make it we, unless you are doing it as a family. I have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of his sins, of my sins. I have the forgiveness of my sins. One John, one, seven. It is continuous, as God shows If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. As the word of God comes in, it is cutting us through. We see more of it. Oh my gosh, I didn't know this was there till yesterday. Lord, thank you for revealing it to me. I confess, I renounce, I forsake, and I'm walking in the light, and you confess again. What is that? The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us, meaning this usage in English is present continuous. It's still continuing to do its work. It's not cleaned us. It cleanses us. It cleanses us, meaning if you stay under the water, it keeps on cleaning you. It cleanses. Okay? This is a continuous process. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all. Okay? So Ephesians 1, 7, 1 John 1 John 7. It's easy to remember, right? Romans 5.9 Romans 5.9 Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Another confession. It's all got to do with the blood of Jesus Christ. Remember, it's got to do with the blood of Jesus Christ. Much more than having been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. You have to speak it out. It's not enough to read you have to confession is important because he is the high priest of a confession and the devil hates it because he knows let's go so that before we come to that let's go to that uh, Revelation 1211 those who overcame they overcame him. who is him there? the devil. how did they overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their? You know what's the word of the testimony primary? It's the testimony about the blood of Jesus. What the blood does, what the blood has done for you. You're not standing on your righteousness, your works, nothing, based only on the work of Jesus Christ. And what is the work of Jesus Christ that sets me free? It's his blood. It's his blood. It's what you are testifying, Ephesians 1, 1.7, 1 John 1, 1.7, Romans 5, 9 I'm testifying it, Lord, what the blood does in my life, what the blood does in my life, what the blood, I will not listen to the deception or the condemnation of the enemy. I have repented, I have forsaken, and I will speak the blood, and that will silence his mouth. He hates the blood, and he's terrified and scared of the blood, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, they overcame him by the blood of the lamp and by the word of the testimony. The word of a testimony has to agree with the blood of the lamp. And you look through and you will see what God let's go back to Romans 5.9 By the blood of Jesus Christ I have been justified. By the blood of Jesus Christ I have been justified. What does that mean? Just as if I have never sinned. So if I have not sinned why should I be afraid of wrath? Why should be afraid of wrath? God says I have not sinned. And how do I know I have not sinned? Because the blood of Jesus Christ has justified me. You are not standing on anything you have done. Absolutely nothing. The blood of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13.12. The fourth confession. 13.12. Therefore Jesus also that he might. Now we are going beyond justification. To sanctification. He might sanctify the people with his own. We confess, Lord, it is your blood that sanctifies me. By his blood I am justified. By his blood I am sanctified. I am sanctified. Okay? I am sanctified by his blood. Let's go into the difficult part that is the body. First Corinthians chapter six. Right? I think it is thirteen. 6, 13. Food for the stomach and the stomach for the foods, but God will destroy both it and so the body is not for sexual immorality, but, the, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. So the first thing now it comes to the, the transgression part. Because transgression happens with the body. And can be, we always think about sexual immorality, but it talks about food also. Gluttony is the one which is killing people because of COVID-19. The result of basically unhealthy living, eating habits. And iniquity that has passed down. Okay? So scripture says, food for the stomach, stomach for the food. God will destroy both. On the other hand, body for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Understand the place. Because we are dealing with spirit, we are dealing with soul, we are dealing with the body also. Body for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And verse 15. Do you not know your bodies are members of Christ? My body is the body for, remember this is all part of your confession. Body for the Lord, the Lord for the body. And my body is the member of Christ. It's one of the parts. It doesn't matter even if it's a toenail, it's fine. It's still a part of Christ's toenail. Member of his body. Okay. Verse 19. Do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? I am not my own. We were sold by Adam and bought by Christ. Either way, we were not our own. We think we were our own. The people in the world think they are their own. Do not realize they were sold. Adam sold us to uh, Satan. Jesus bought us back with his blood. You don't realize that. People in the world didn't realize that. They said, I am a free man. God said, there is no free man. You are a slave to sin. Anybody who sins is a slave to sin. You are, you are sold to Satan. And I bought you back. Now you belong to me. You can be either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. Either you can be a slave to devil or you can be my slave. But you know how I treat. Like the, like the prodigal son realized, even the daily laborers in my father's house are taken be- well care of. Okay. So please understand this, what the Bible is talking about. How are we bought? By his blood. You cannot have it both ways. Please remember, you cannot have it both ways. Can either be God's or can be the devil's. No, I am somewhere in the middle. There is nobody in the middle. Like I heard this, uh, I don't know who was saying this. Genesis 4 begins and he says, you can be either a martyr or a murderer. There are only two choices. There is no third choice. You are a martyr, meaning you have died to self, live for God, you are a martyr. Or you are a murderer. That's gain. So you choose what you want to be, martyr or murderer. There is no third secular person there. So we were bought. Verse nine twenty says, "We were bought." For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. in your spirit, because if we handle our spirit. Iniquity is handled; body will be fine. Because everybody is conscious about sin and cries about their transgressions. The problem is they are not dealing with iniquity. Okay? So please process it clearly. Process it clearly. That is where Hebrews 4.12 comes. The living word by the dividing of the soul and the spirit. Because God has given us weapons to fight with. It is his word. It is his blood. And of course his name. And Jesus is the living word. And he can cut between the soul and the... Literally, when he walked on earth, he was the living word. So what did he do? He exposed the Pharisees. Till Jesus came, the Pharisees were fine. And everybody was fine with their teaching. Everybody was fine with their teaching. And everybody went to listen to the Pharisees. But Jesus came, he was the living word. And everybody realized there is a difference between him and them. He cut between the soul and the spirit because he was a living word. The spirit of God was working in him. And the way he looked at the word and explained the word, the Pharisees couldn't accept it. But people all kept saying nobody spoke like him. So we have to choose. Always. The Pharisees. They are Pharisees outside. Inside they were murderers. The iniquity. So God says, choose. This day, what do you want? Dignity or deliverance? <laughs> no? My body is the temple of the living God. Body is the temple of the living God. Let, let's come to one more portion. And then we will go into the prayer part. 1 John 5 6 to 7. We'll read read 6 first. 1 John 5 6. This is he he who came by water and blood. Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because Spirit is. Mm -hmm. How did Jesus come? He came first with the water. That is the word. The water is the word. It's not baptism. The water is the word. Right? Very clearly. John chapter. 15 verse 3. Before he died. 15.3. John 15.3. And we have to come back here. Before even he died on the cross, he looked at his disciples and told them, "You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So how did he come? He came with the water. Ephesians 5.26. Okay. So we are all hearing the word. And we are all hearing the word. We are all being cleaned by the word. But the problem is we are not applying the blood. And he did not come with the water alone. He came with the water and the blood. That he may sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. So here we go back to 1 John 5, 6 and 7. He came with the water and the blood. But that's not enough. We heard about the water. We hear yet of the blood. The spirit has to bear witness. That's when your deliverance takes place. So you may have to confess maybe a 100 times. Until it becomes real and the spirit sets you free. The word and the blood. The word and the blood. The word and the blood. The spirit has to bear witness. The spirit is truth. The water can't stand on its own. The blood doesn't stand on its own. If the spirit comes upon it, you are free. So don't give up. Lot of people give up in this battle against you know I tried I tried so many times but God says don't give up the spirit is the only one who knows what is happening inside that you know you take even a penna with these huge redwood trees they say in US and all massive hundreds of years old massive ones but if you keep all, like they talk about in that that famous uh national park over there no they saw this huge, 500-year-old tree that had fallen. When the, the rangers came to check it out, they didn't realize the entire inside was eaten away by white ants. Little by little, by little by little by little by little by little by, they were eating, 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 eating. One day, one breeze, boom! It fell down. But you look at it, you would never, ever believe. Till Jesus comes, this tree is going to be there. This thing is not going to fall down. But inside, something else was happening. That's the same thing with deliverance. Sometimes it can happen like this. But you can never give up. You can never give up. The water and the blood. And the Holy Spirit has to witness. and The Holy Spirit knows what is happening. And Suddenly you realize it's gone. It's gone. It's not even that you, you are bent. What is bent? Can it be made straight? No, but God can. God can. You are straight. That is gone out. It's gone. Completely gone. You have been straightened out by God. You are free of it. And verse 6. Earth, this is the witness. Three witnesses. Sorry, verse 7. And there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. On earth, three witnesses. What is it? The Word, the Blood, and the Spirit. On heaven, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit agree. When these three come together down on earth, the three agree and says, you are free. Absolutely free. The Trinity agrees in that you are free. And you are set free. So we have to memorize these scriptures. Psalm 53.5. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by his stripes I am Healed. So now, let us pray. Let us pray. Our prayer is a confession. Okay? Instead of saying, let us pray, let us testify. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. All my dear ones in Hyderabad, everybody, this prayer part of it, please type it out. Stick it on your door. Confess it every day. Until it... As the Lord shows you, repent and renounce and one day you will realize you are free. Absolutely free. Absolutely free. Because anyone who goes to him, means keeps going to him, he is able to save you to the uttermost. And at the appearance of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will present us, spirit, soul and body, blameless. No iniquity, no sin, no transgression. Absolutely clear. All. All going with the Holy Spirit. Spirit is clear soul is clear body is clear. That is the race we are running. And all the failings in between don't get upset and depressed and discouraged by it. Don't quit. Quit us, make it to nowhere in the kingdom of God. The problem is the kingdom of God. It is a battle. God never gave up on the children of Israel. 40 years one generation was failing. But he was looking at the second generation. He says yeah Another generation is rising. He never gave up. He never gave up on the first generation, fed them and all and all. But he realized another generation was rising who will overcome. So you also have to realize, in me there are two people. The word of God is told very clear, the elder shall serve thee. So we are looking at the elder fellow falling, 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 falling. We are getting discouraged. God says, don't worry. Look at the younger fellow. It's growing. Don't look at the old. Don't look at Esau. Don't look at Esau. Look at Jacob. And for the sister, yesterday I answered a question, but the whole question hadn't come about Esau. The answer is this. When God said, Jacob I loved and Esau I hated, he's not talking about Jacob and Esau. The twins. He's talking about Israelites and Edomites. How this iniquity. This fellow sells his birthright. Flesh. Flesh will live by the flesh the other is running after the things of the spirit and that iniquity will pass into these two generations and edomites will become carnal and carnal and carnal and carnal ultimately god has to destroy them god did not destroy esau esau prospered <laughs> jacob also prospered so when god is saying i love jacob and hated esau he's not talking about the twins he because he sees the end from the beginning he is able to see how nations and peoples will end That is why there are many nations on the world. Every nation will be destroyed. One nation will be left, which is called the holy nation. Every nation has their own besetting iniquities. Every nation, including India. And that will take most of the Indians that route, most of Americans that route, most of Chinese that route, it will kill them, iniquities. But there is a nation God is raising in the middle of it. It is called the church, and that nation is called a holy nation. Why? They have dealt with iniquity, with sin and with transgression. That is our deliverance. That is where our deliverance lies. Okay? So let us pray. Okay? We will begin with the body. I will, I will read out I will read out and confess our testimony. Okay? You know the verses by now. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Redeemed, cleansed, sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Therefore Satan has no place in me. Therefore, Satan has no, place in me. no power over me. No power over me. I, am I am victorious through the blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Ephesians 1.7 through, through the blood of Jesus I am redeemed out of the hand of the devil. All my, sins are forgiven. all my sins are forgiven. 1 John 1 seven. 1 John 1 7. The, blood the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me, cleanses me. Continually, from continually from all sin. Romans 5 nine. Romans 5 9. Through, the Jesus, through the blood of Jesus I am justified. I am, justified. I am, made, righteous. I am made righteous. Hebrews 13.12 Through the blood of Jesus I am sanctified. sanctified, Made holy. holy, And set apart for God. God. Now I'll pray. Father we just come to you this morning Lord. We just want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Father. Thank you Lord. I pray Father as your word continues to go forth. You will continue to speak to us Lord. Showing us everything that is in our spirit. In our soul Lord. So that we can Repent, renounce, forsake, and allow the blood of Jesus and the water of the word to cleanse us, to sanctify us. So at the hour of your coming, we, your people, will be a set of people who are presented blameless to Christ Jesus in spirit, soul, and body. Lord. We speak the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus against the enemy. You have no hold over us. We have been redeemed by the blood. We have been declared just by the blood. We have been sanctified by the blood. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is against you. And by faith now, all the parents in your own houses, by faith now, we plead the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over our children, our family members, even those who are unsaved, Lord. They hear the word. But there is iniquity blocking them. It's a stumbling block alone. But the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over our household, our family, our siblings, our children, The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Let it cleanse them. Let it sanctify them. Let it remove the blindfolds from their eyes, O God. Because, Father Lord, your Son went through it all so that we could be set free, Father. We plead the blood of Jesus over everything that belongs to us, that you have committed into our hands, the things that belong to us, the jobs where we work, O Lord. Everything that you have given to us, your people, We are stewards of your things. We plead the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and we rebuke the enemy in Jesus' name. Take your hands of everything that God has given to us. You have no power. You have no right. You have no authority over any of these things. Our children belong to God. Our families belong to God. Our properties belong to God. And it is cleansed and sanctified by the blood of Jesus, Lord. And I release the word of God into thy hands, O Lord continuously, Father, as your word comes, I pray, it will continually show us things which we need to leave, forsake, and give up, O oh Lord. And I pray, Father, as your children in different places stand up and they confess and testify, and pray, your Holy Spirit will bear witness, O oh Lord. When the Holy Spirit bears witness, because the Spirit is truth, we know, Lord, we are set free. Then we know, Lord, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit Agree because they are one. And we too will become one day one person in Christ Jesus. Made whole. Not double-minded. Not double-hearted. One mind. One person. We too will become in Christ Jesus. And we will not quit this journey, Lord. We are on this journey. And we know, Lord, in this journey, you are with us and you are for us. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for your incredible patience with us, O oh Lord, that you never let us go of us, Lord. You are with us all these days and weeks and months and years. You are with us, Lord. You are so patient with us, O oh Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Take authority in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I command every power of darkness to leave God's children. Every power of darkness. Every mind-blinding spirit to leave in Jesus' name. Leave their minds now in Jesus' name. We speak release into the minds of God's children, our own children, people within the church now, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, that the light of God's word will cut through and they will see what is dark and what is light, what is true and what is false, and they will reject it. And The blood of Jesus will cleanse their minds, sanctify their minds, And they will stand there strong in this hour of trial, this hour of testing. We shall stand strong in the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Father. We worship you, Father. We glorify you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Now, by faith that the word of God and the blood of Jesus has cleansed us and sanctified us, we lift up holy hands in your presence. We now bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. And we open our mouths and we testify. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen and amen and amen.